need to vision a community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this in every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, your co-host, the co-host of the show, Mr. John Wagler. Yes. John, I got my radio voice on. Yeah, actually, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> the Knicks. Um, how are you? You know, well, I. it's amazing how long that little sickness has lasted. Yeah, you've been sick for a while. Never went above a three. Yeah, interesting. I, well, I lost my voice Three out of for ten or days. three out of five? Three out of ten. Really? Like, but it that sucker just hung around. Yeah, um, we were joking. we were joking the other day about how I'm going to be walking Clarabelle down the aisle and we're both just going to be coughing. Because <laughs> that's still a little sore. We, we cough now. <laughs> that's what we that's do. That's what we do. Um, uh, yeah, it's just been lingering, hadn't it? We yeah. took Cash in yesterday because he wouldn't stop coughing and uh, turns out he has COVID. So <laughs> turns out he's on the tail end of COVID. So a lot of good that test did. Yeah. We did two at-home tests and neither of them picked it up. It was crazy. You know, maybe I did have it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, who knows? Um, all right. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. You certainly sound a lot better. I do. And, you know, it's interesting. I never lost my energy. Never lost. Yeah, I didn't notice so you, like, not being here or anything. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I'm a gamer. Yeah, that's right. You guys took, I mean, you had enough energy to take a, what, 14-hour round trip uh, drive to Asbury. That was a whole <laughs> which, other convo. But yeah, yes. which we are going to talk about. Um, not today, because today our episode is going to be about another of the core motions we're running a little behind we are because we were both busy and uh now we're going to catch up today we're going to be talking about fear yes if you haven't listened to the message around fear that um, was given here at church by the one and only nicole Eunice, uh you should um i think you can just go to the website or go to our youtube yeah. go to uh go to podcast hill city rva podcast it's all there super good yeah, it was excellent. She introduced a new word. I pride myself on my vocabulary. So she introduced a new word to me, which was stress laxing. Yeah. I, that deeply spoke. To, I don't know if I heard anything else in the whole message. Stress laxing was what I took away. Yeah, that was good. Because that is me. I'll just be sitting there, <laughs> whatever. I was talking to you about it the other day, sitting there playing a video game or watching like a really stupid movie, like an intentionally dumb movie to try to relax. And I'm just stressed that I'm sitting there doing it. <laughs> stress laxing. Um, so go back and listen to that, but today we're going to be delving more into that core emotion of fear. But before we do that, we're going to revisit the core emotion of anger with our um, not-so-new segment um, where we talk about things that are getting on our nerves, and it's called Stay, Stay Furious. Fear. All right, John. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you go first. I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> Technically, I'm the producer of the show, so I can make do whatever you want. <laughs> um, what's what's keeping you furious? Haters, haters, yeah. those who hate, those those who hate, <laughs> those who hate. You know, I have a lot to say about this. I won't go on too much of a rant, but like the, you know, the he gets us commercials mm -hmm. that aired during the Super during Bowl. During the Super Bowl, okay. Yeah, like it's. Just interesting how the initial reaction of most folks are just pretty extreme. And I, and I, I'm like, why do we have to hate on everything? Mm. You know, it's just like a sad state of Christianity mm. and it bothers me. It really bothers me because it, there it's like, you can't ever almost, we're getting to the point. It feels like you, 
you almost can't do anything. It's like mm-hmm. if something's like pretty good, well, it didn't solve the water crisis. Mm-hmm. I, was, I don't know. It, like there's, it's always like, it's never enough. But I often wonder is like, is the only thing that would satisfy people would be the good Lord coming back and that's it. Yes, I and do. And they might even critique how he came back. I do believe that's the water that satisfies. That's <laughs> true. I that never, that that. never runs out. <laughs> it's like even Jesus coming back, they're like, why'd you come on a white horse? <laughs> what? Why did it have to be a horse? <laughs> I is don't that, know. I just, is that a horse well cared for? <laughs> I just, so he gets us, listen, I can understand the critiques of it. Like I get it. Like it's, you know, was it money well spent? I don't know. Like it, if they've, if the data says they had 50,000 conversations, I don't know. I have no idea. I've not gathered that data. From? I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's got to be a way for them to track stuff. Somebody right? checked the conversation chart. Yeah. It's like, how did <laughs> you hear about it? Is like a, it's like a Richter scale for conversations <laughs> about Jesus. I, you know, with the commercials, I, it, I had mixed emotions myself. All right. So I liked how they were produced. They were, they were really good to watch. I, I liked the messaging. Um, <laughs> people were like, that wasn't the full gospel. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, are they really going to do the full gospel in. Like 30 seconds. I don't, mm. I don't think so. You know, so I don't know. I just, it bothers me. The negativity, pessimism bothers me. It did seem to agitate people on both sides of the aisle. For which sure. Which generally is something you love anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like I did, I didn't, I saw people reacting to it um, as like, I guess what you would call more on the progressive mm. side or whatever, like is just you know, not being representative of the real issues. And I didn't realize until later that people on the more conservative side were like critiquing, I guess, like it, yeah. it wasn't the whole it gospel. Was it was like woke. <laughs> Which, dear Lord, can we stop saying that word? What a weird insult. I know. To be woke seems like such a good thing. Like yeah. to be awakened to the reality of things. I know. <laughs> it's like a weird, <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's not like a huge thing. It just, it, just a little bothersome on me. I just... I'm not saying you have to like like gloss over everything. It's just the the state of um, Christian social media, even from folks we know locally. I'm not even saying just like national. You know, it's like inherently negative and pessimistic, and that bothers me. Mm. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> I care about cynicism, but like yeah. somebody was like, "What did you think about the he gets us thing?" And I was like, "I." Just I, if I strained with all my might, I couldn't care less. Yeah, I saw someone like arguing, like I can't believe they spent twenty million dollars, and I get it, like I, I totally get that. Yeah. But there is like this little piece. Remember, like the story um, uh, with perfume at Jesus' mm. feet. Yeah, Judas is like you, you know, could spend like, it on the poor. Yeah, I'm like yeah. you just sound just like Judas. I don't. Yeah, I hear that. I also like understand like the conversation. Yeah, you know, I just I don't know. I literally, the exasperation you hear in my voice is like, I just used to be somebody with opinions about everything. <laughs> and now I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but like, I I'm not, I don't know that it's apathy. I don't, it doesn't feel like apathy. It just feels like one thing that's, I definitely am naturally a cynical person and have traditionally been proudly a cynical person. Mm-hmm. But one thing that cynical people always say is that they're realists. I know. You know, the glass is just half. It's not half full or half empty. And like the way you know someone's cynical is if they say they're a realist. Right. right. But I think maybe I might now actually be getting into a stage of realism uh, where I'm just like, I don't care. 
<laughs> what millionaires do with their money? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm starting. It's because I've started to ask the question: If social media wasn't a thing, would this be a problem? Sure. And it's like, I think maybe the reason everybody's such a hater is because everybody knows about everything all the time. Yeah, I think that's true. Like, I just don't like. I mean, what would Jesus do? You know? I mean, he would. Someone should do a bracelet or something. Go out to the woods <laughs> just he would he would i don't know yeah well what would jesus do I, I mean i think like just the fact that he wasn't he wasn't like continuously entering high level halls of power like i think he i th- this is really self-centered because i'm basically saying what i do was is what jesus would do but to me it's like hey what do you think about this 20 million dollar super bowl ad i think it's like hey what, what should we do with this coin i don't know give it back to the guy who's on it like i don't <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> like, I don't care about that. You know, it's almost like the revolutionary, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, I don't know, dude, who's on it? Well, it's Caesar. Well, give it back to him. Who cares? I almost feel like, I said this before, like when people make comments about money, like yeah. stuff like that with $20 million, I feel like you should have to submit your tax return and how much you gave away before you can actually say anything on social media. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> oh, this should have been used for something else. Yeah, but, all right, well, did you? how much money did you give away last year? Yeah. They're like, 1%. I don't know what you should. Well, it's like 20 minutes. It's kind of, well, and it's kind of like when you look at your finances and you start to feel bad about how much you eat out. But if you actually have a budget and you look over a year, for some people, it is devastating. Yeah. For most of us, you're like, oh, if I stopped drinking Starbucks, I would have saved $300 this year. The problem is, is that private school costs (laughs) $10,000. So might as well get that started. You know, it's just like. Like uh, $20 million, you should have given it to the poor, maybe. But like, it they'd st- it wouldn't fix the problem. Yeah. Like, people give millions of dollars to like nonprofits all the time. The problem is that the system is broken. And guess what? If you can fix a government for $20 million, something's wrong. Like, that means the government could be bought out and changed for $20 million. Like, it's just, this is what I'm saying is like, when I start to think about it, I'm just like, I don't care. I don't, I mean, like, I don't, I care about the poor and like all of that. I'm saying like a Super Bowl commercial about Jesus, not about Jesus. Super Bowl commercial with sexy lady on it. Super Bowl commercial, halftime show with the video game layout, but Rihanna's dancing. I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, like, maybe I'm tanking the premise of our podcast right now, but I'm just like, even the, which you guys will talk about it later, but like the Asbury, whatever's going on in Asbury, we mm-hmm. don't call, they don't call it a revival, so we won't right. call it a revival per se. And like, I don't know. Like, why are you texting me about it? I don't, I don't live there. I didn't go. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just starting to get this really weird, like... Or another thing, maybe this will be my stay furious, and then we'll move on. Is people that that account the new what is it called? The new evangelicals. It's like the ex evangelical yeah, leader yeah. or whatever. He does it a lot, but like a lot of other people do it too. Where you're reposting a thing to like discount it, but I would have never known that this TV pastor even existed if you hadn't reposted. It. Yeah, like you're making it worse. Like, hey, you know, like like most people don't know who this person is, and you're making the problem worse by spreading it so that you can say, I don't think this. I'm just like, who cares? It's just social media. It's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm over everything. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Yeah, so to the haters, hate away.
Um, <laughs> away from me. Hate away from us. Away, yeah. <laughs> or hate us. Leave a comment. Leave a one-star that's review because it's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Maybe that's the other thing is you're like, I hate haters. And I'm like, I love haters. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love when so. we get hated on. It's my favorite <laughs> thing in the whole world. Um, so enough about that. We're going to take a quick break. And then we are going to talk about the core emotion of fear. Fear. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so stick around. And we're back. I almost choked on my uh, sugar-free organic soda that I was drinking from Kava. Kava, hit us up if you're looking to advertise today. <laughs> Around a thousand people. J. Crew, Kava. <laughs> J. Crew, Kava. And we're back to talk about the core emotion, one of the eight core emotions, fear. Um. Okay, so John, let's start off like we normally start off. Mm -hmm. What's the gift and what's the impairment? Uh, the gift of fear is wisdom and faith. The impairment is a little known word that people do not use very often called anxiety. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. Mm, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The gift of fear is a good name for a record. It is. Contact. Look out for the contact. Go. The gift of fear coming out in 2024. 2024. <laughs> 2024. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So anxiety is the impairment, which, yeah, it's because anxiety is really like fear in your whole body. Like it's when your body is like, there's danger. I need to get away. Yeah. Right. Essentially, we tell people that all the time about, you know, reptile brain, prefrontal cortex. But like anxiety is, is as we've uh, uh, said, not a core emotion. Correct. It's a reaction to this particular core emotion most of the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's your it's your caveman brain mm -hmm. heightening your heart rate, your blood pressure, your cortisol output. Yeah. To say, hey, there's a saber toothed tiger. You need to get away. But yeah. there is no saber toothed tiger. <laughs> right. I mean, unless I don't unless know where you're is. at. Yeah. yeah. Unless there is, which is a gift. Again, that was great yeah, wisdom. Then run, yes. Be anxious. <laughs> if there is a if there is an apex predator in your home or cave, do be anxious. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, feel that fear. Yes. And, and then, what was the gift again? Uh, wisdom and faith. Wisdom and faith. Yeah, you know, I, it's interesting when you we go down the road of anxiety. There's so much that goes into that, right? Like mm. for people's life experiences and and what they've kind of almost even been. Uh, nurtured into mm -hmm. in terms of how they experience it. And I remember talking with a counselor recently who we both know who, um, and he said one of the things that he often does with a lot of people he speaks with is tries to get them to actually stop using the word anxiety. Mm. Uh, because he said so often when he keeps asking questions, he realizes they're not actually dealing with what they're scared of okay. and that fear that's there. And, and so he he said, until they can actually like really label the fear and understand what they're working with, then they can say, I'm, I'm experiencing anxiety. Uh, what know. he doesn't like to do is have them lead with anxiety mm. because he, he, what he said is, what I, when I hear someone say, I'm being so anxious about this, I'm so anxious or I have, I'm experiencing right. so much anxiety. He'll say, well, what are you fearful of? And mm. they'll say, I don't know. No. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm experiencing anxiety. Said, no, no, yeah, but where are you fearful of? And then, so he said, like, once you can get them to actually begin to respond and say, I'm fearful of whatever the yeah. fear is. I'm fearful that I will be alone. alone. I'm mm -hmm. fearful I'll be whatever. Then he'll say, okay, now we've acknowledged that fear. So let's talk about how you're experiencing that anxiety. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's, Im that's important for people to hear um, correctly, right? Like, I don't even want them to use the word anxiety is not a dodge, but actually pushing through it to the deeper issue. Correct. Right. Cause yeah. it's like, 
if you leave, if you go to patient first and you leave and your paperwork says your diagnosis is a cough, that you didn't have a good care. <laughs> sure. You didn't, you know, like you, that was not a good diagnosis, right? Something is making you cough. Anxiety yeah. is like the cough. You got to figure out, is it bronchitis? Is it, yeah, is it COVID? Is it allergies? Yeah. You got to figure out what the real thing is. I think the like, the tricky thing about mental health um, Dan Allender has some really great stuff about like the effects of World War II on like our culture mm-hmm. um, and and how we deal with mental health and stuff. But one of the like hardest things about talking about mental health now is that we are coming out of a maybe two generations ago at this point of folks who are just like I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And so when when initially, if you're somebody who is an advocate for mental health, for instance, or somebody who's who cares about this as an issue, and you hear oh yeah, this counselor that I talked to said, I don't even like them to use that word. It can get your hackles up because you're like, oh, I've heard this before, we're ignoring it. No, no, no. We're actually giving it, we're giving it, I don't want to say the respect it deserves, but like we're taking it seriously Yeah. by saying like, you don't just have a cough, like something's wrong and the cough is the symptom. Does that make sense as an analogy? Yeah, I think it does. Because you're, you're trying to get to the root of the problem. I think so often how we deal with our emotions and what we're connected to it, it we don't get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what, whatever the core one is that you're kind of working through. You don't actually, it's like, you know, you think about like a hurt and, you know, with like bitterness mm-hmm. and stuff that c- can come from that. And it's like, well, if you don't fully deal with, like sometimes people be like, oh, I'm, just, I'm so bitter against because of what they did. It's like, yeah, but you have to actually like say you were hurt mm. by what, mm. you know, and begin to explain that, you know, so that you can move into a healthy place, you know. And so that's yeah. what I think happens so much. Yeah. And I think that on both sides of the anxiety. So there's the people who are very concerned with not having anxiety. And then there are people who sort of over identify with their anxiety. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's kind of two sides of the same coin, right? If you are not saying what you're feeling, because so in therapy, they call this externalizing, to say the feeling I'm feeling is to make like um, with uh, like art therapy, a lot of times with kids, like play therapy, they'll they'll have the child draw something, make a sculpture, right. build yeah. a Lego thing yeah. that represents physically how they're feeling because it externalizes it. Okay, now it's out of your body and your brain on some level, mm-hmm. and here it is, and we're going to talk about it because you can hold it in your hand, right? Um, and so it's like, I feel like on the one hand, people sort of think they're doing this by being like, I'm anxious, I have anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. But really, it's an avoidance of, no, 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 you're afraid of being al- alone or you're afraid yeah. that you know, you're, um, you know, I don't know, you, that your mom is going to die or you're afraid, this is what you're afraid of. That's yeah. the actual thing. So they don't want to externalize it so they misidentify with anxiety. And then on the flip side of that is people who are just like, well, if I, there's no point in talking about it. I'm not trying to wallow. So I'm not asking you to wallow. I'm saying yeah. put words to what you're yeah, actually exactly. feeling. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of like the, the anxiety of the, the quote unquote tough person or like the stuffer and they can't figure out why their hearts all messed up and like their cortisol levels are crazy and they have all the inflammation and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, it's like if you avoid the reality of what you're fearful of and by stuffing it away, it's going to come out in another way. And typically that's an anger, but like it, it comes out in some other form or fashion. Like it doesn't just sit there because you, (laughs) because you've avoided, you know, what maybe something that did make you anxious because you were fearful of something, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not going to wallow it. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Like you just stuff it away. It comes out in some other kind of way that is actually negative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's always going to be tempting to name the thing that has an immediate solution. 
we can medicate anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always bad. Sometimes you need that. Sure. Um, like some people need, uh, what's the thing, gastric bands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like some people actually need that. And then they exercise and then they get like, some people just do liposuction to avoid <laughs> hard work of exercise, <laughs> you know. Um, some people need the like symptom treatment. But at the end of the day, yeah, there's there's a part of us that's like, well, there's a more immediate solution for my anxiety but there is no there is no pill for fear right like i just have to do the work to like process my fear yeah and there's a part of all of us it doesn't mean you're a lazy person or a bad person there's a part of it's the human rational brain that says okay i can either walk 50 miles or i can walk one mile and get the exact same grocery store i'm gonna walk the one mile sure it's just how we that's mammals work that way (laughs) like nobody chooses nobody intentionally chooses the harder road if you think you can get the same thing in the shorter path yeah well i think the other thing when it comes to anxiety that's really hard is it um it will cause you to just look at external factors Mm. rather than internally what's going on Mm -hmm. you know and and so when those things keep coming into play um that's why I, i feel like it even like the language um that you begin to see uh, studies are always done around like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. of how like it's off the charts right now. Yeah. I mean, the people that would say they they're struggling with anxiety or depression is like when they do percentages, like based on like eras of mm-hmm. time, it's like, it's unreal how different it is, you know, mm-hmm. and it's only getting worse right, yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. And, but it's interesting because so much of like when it's an article or whatever, it just focuses in on the anxiety. It doesn't mm-hmm. ever actually like, not want to say ever. Typically, it doesn't begin to try and like ask questions for folks to be like, hey, here are some things you might want to dig into. Or here, let's get into the, like what internally is going on. What might be causing that fear inside of you? What is it in helping people discover? Um, so much of what you know, you and I have seen and talked about before is like the first thing is to medicate. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, we're not neither one of us are anti-medication. You know, um, but Typically, that's the first thing, medicate. Mm-hmm. But then it, that can have a tendency to sometimes numb things where you don't actually deal with the reality of what's going on. Yeah, it's a very medical, like in medicine, a lot of people in medicine, not everyone, but you're trained to isolate and treat. Yeah. Like isolate the problem and treat it um, because you can't, to be fair, like you can't be a really good oncologist and also be an orthopedist. Like yeah. I can't, I cannot yeah. be good at treating your cancer if I also have the knowledge of how to like fix your broken leg. So there's a reason that it's that way. But I think like with any good thing, it's a good thing overextended, right? Like now every, every, um, not every, but like a prevalent issue with non-holistic treatment of anything is that it's isolate and treat, isolate and treat. Yeah, And it's like, it, I, I think especially uh, stuff with the mind and the more that we find the ways that the mind and psychology are, are linked to our physiology, it just has to be a more holistic yeah. take, I think. And I, you know, again, I don't mean holistic, like go to a spirit healer instead, like, but all of your doctors talking to each other, <laughs> if that's what it takes, you know, yeah. and having like a more, I don't know, holistic, like look at the whole thing. Yeah. I just think some of this stuff has been fascinating as we've gone through each one to just see how God's created our bodies, you know, and, and how, you know, the systematically, even within our bodies, how we treat the world around us, experience the world around us. And, you know, uh, even with anxiety, it's like, wow, like God gave us this cool emotion of fear Mm -hmm. that can bring wisdom and, you know, uh, into our lives and, and faith into our lives. 
But yet at the same time, when things are all mucked up, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we experience this thing called anxiety mm-hmm. that is trying to get us back to an understanding of like, hey, this is what we might be really fearful of. And um, but yet our bodies, you know, like everything can pile on itself. Right. Mm-hmm. And keeps the score. We've talked about that stuff. But it is fascinating to see how God designed everything to be. Like that's an interesting part of this whole discussion. too. Yeah, I think like. God so designed everything to work in concert, right? I mean, we could look, we could literally stop right now and say everything we've just said, but about the earth. Sure. <laughs> like, you know, 200 years ago, if you'd explain to somebody how the thing you drink water out of is, is like never going to go away, they would be like, I don't understand. What do you mean? <laughs> like that the container that you drink, that you drink your soda out of or whatever is like somehow negatively impacting the weather. Yeah. They would be like, what do you, that doesn't make any sense, but it's all tied in, right? Like we're learning more and more. Everything's all tied in. Yeah. And God designed the earth that way. He designed our bodies that way. He designed nature that way. I mean, you learn about the life web when you're in like what, second or third grade, yeah. like, oh, what the mosquito does matters to the shark or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, and we and our desire for control, like we know that one way to control something is to fracture it, right? Like we will fracture and compartmentalize anything if it means that maybe it's broken, but I have more control over it, right? Divide and conquer. We do it with creation. We do it with ourselves. We do it with everything. Is this idea that like if I can get it to stop working in concert the perfect way that God designed it, then I can have a little more control over it. Will I be more miserable? Probably, but I won't be uncertain and I won't feel as much pain, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I will like write a check that I'll let it later have to pay or, or cash rather for pain. Um, and that's like Genesis 1 all the way to today, this morning with me and my family, right? Sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. And so I think that first step with all of this stuff is, yeah, accepting that things are actually meant to work in concert. And if they're not, it's because we have tried to compartmentalize them in a way that we can control. I'd rather be anxious and have some control over it than deal with the like complicated interconnection of fear and guilt and shame yeah. and all of these other things. It is interesting too. Like I think part of the problem that people have gone through around this idea of fear is they've been inundated and I've probably done it as a speaker, but like we've been inundated in the church of do not fear, do not fear, do mm-hmm. not fear. You know, there's mm-hmm. 365 commands of do not fear. Yeah. About, you know, one for every day of the, of the year. And, and of course, yes, there's a, there is a level of truth to what is being said there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and an understanding of like, no, what we're saying is like, no, we, we believe in the power of God. Like we're not just going to fear everything yeah. again, like this anxious way. But, but I think it's neglected the ability for people to be like, no, actually this emotion of fear keeps me out of danger mm-hmm. or keeps me from getting hurt right. or relationally creates the right boundaries. You know, there are, there are good elements to fear that bring this wisdom and brings, you know, brings our faith up that I think quite often in the Christian world has been neglected. Yeah. And God does not 365 times say stop fearing. Right. He's not just like, stop it. Don't feel that emotion. Yeah. I think do not fear. And I'm not a Hebrew scholar or anything, but we have to remember that like the connotation there is about a state, not a feeling, right? Do not live in fear. Do not be afraid. Don't be, do not be afraid is different than don't feel fear. Yeah. Right. Like when I hear don't be afraid or do, do not fear, fear not what I, my next question is, okay, so how do I do that? And like, I think that there's an answer, right? It's, it's not this idea that God is just standing there being like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't. I think is really harmful yeah. because it, it 
why would he give us the ability to process these things and then just tell us not to feel it at all? Yeah. It's not about fear, I think, in that context of the Bible. It's not about a feeling you're having. It's about pushing through that feeling so that it doesn't become your whole identity. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we just have We even see this, that. like, this element of, you know, that fear element is woven into the culture you know we were joking about social media stuff earlier and not yeah. caring but but you need to think about how many people are so fearful literally mm-hmm. fearful of a certain side winning or right. you know all that and it's like what do you think is going to happen right like i i don't like i don't understand like t- to live in that state of like even the person who say disagrees with me the most let's just say the most possible liberal person the face of this planet became president mm-hmm. would i be fearful i'd be like no, I I might not like certain things, <laughs> yeah. but I believe in the power of God and like in the reality of what could be, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, like, even, but even that gets so woven into how we process the world around us. Yeah, and I mean, I could hear a strong rebuttal of like, well, yeah, because you're fine, <laughs> like you know, like you you don't have anything to be afraid of because you're not, you know, an oppressed person. I think, but I do think that the problem is that I heard somebody recently say that trying to get joy out of social media is like trying to drink out of a gun. It's like, this thing is made for a very specific purpose. Sure. Just because you could feasibly put joy into it, like, oh, look, there's my nephew, or like, oh, look, there's somebody having a vacation. I'm so happy for them and not at all jealous that they're on vacation and I'm not. Yeah. Just because like feasibly you could, you have to question what is this made for? And I say this as somebody who's very on social media, so I haven't figured it out yet but it's like if it's made to keep you buying things and if the key which uh nicole did a great job she brought up the like the first advertisement that used fear yeah. and how like wildly successful yeah. it was what was it was it listerine it was listerine yeah it's like bad, basically bad. you won't yeah. be able to find a man yeah. if you don't use this you won't find a man and you'll die like a widow with nothing right <laughs> if fear is used to sell things and that's the primary motive of most of the stuff that we're on um, there's very little chance that it's just not going to fill you with fear, regardless of what joyful things might be on there. Like if you're scrolling through and it's like fear, fear, fear. Oh, that's nice. Somebody had a baby. Fear, 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 selling things, selling things. Like what makes you think that your brain is not going to, unless I guess you're super healthy, your brain's not going to twist the one good thing that you found, that you saw into the sort of mode that you're already in, which is fear, shame, want or you know yeah. like lust or um jealousy you know whatever it's really got me thinking about like do i want to be on this stuff at all you're pretty good about it you're like very rarely on yeah it, i like. just dabble yeah i really do i don't do a ton on it i need and, to downgrade to dabble for sure yeah and i don't post a ton i i only post when i think something's either like really funny yeah um or meaningful yeah and uh, i don't feel the need to like post stuff about my kids i mean i've done it rarely yeah you know i don't I don't have to do weird posts about Lacey. Do you know what I mean like I, I'm like look at my smoking I, I, like, I just want to say how much I love you, yeah. and I don't know. I just that stuff's reserved for her. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, I don't know. I just there, yeah. I just dabble in it because I, I'm, I'm not as like deeply impacted by it, honestly, because I, I, because I have just dabbled. I haven't really gone full all in on it. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder like if something, if I can do something about it besides just be afraid or be angry yeah it probably means that it's happening close and if it's happening close i probably don't need to see it on social media yeah you know what i'm saying like what can i do about something 900 miles away really i know Um, it's a it yeah 
I, th- I think that does have a huge impact on our fear and how we, you know, see things. And, um, yeah, I did, I did want to say this when you, you made the mention about the, like the oppressed, you know, person, yeah. it is an interesting thing though. Like when you read historically that fear is not something that was as prevalent mm-hmm. within oppressed people groups. Like even when you look at like the spirituals and mm-hmm. what they held on to, they, mm-hmm. what they had like a realistic view of what was happening, mm-hmm. of course. And, um, but there's also a level of, of hope. Um, there's a level of like the desire for justice and truth and, yeah. and all those things. And so I do think it's interesting. I think sometimes we can put fear, like even like the idea of like, well, you're, you're in, if something was super liberal, like well, I was using the example mm-hmm. of like the most liberal concept, uh-huh. it would go against <laughs> like right. so much of what I believe in yeah. and everything. And there could be a level of oppression to some degree or persecution, yeah. you know, um, but I mean, like when you look kind of historically at people's stories or even conversations we've had with folks now, like like I think about the conversation with David Bailey, that dude has so much hope, um, you know, runs Erebon, and he is such an encourager of hope mm-hmm. while being very realistic about mm-hmm. the realities of what he sees around him. Is not a level of fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, there's just a, I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. And fear is traditionally used for control. Yeah. Like I don't. Which makes sense. Yeah, like fear, to strike fear into a person or a group is to control them. Yeah. Um, or the the language that was used about black folks of being savages and what they're going to do yeah. and like all that stuff. Yeah, like it's, it's just, to keep others afraid yeah, so that they'll continue to oppress yeah. them. Fear in general, good for if a car is hurling at you or if there's a saber-toothed tiger. Right. Not great for more complicated stuff. Right. Um, how do you feel like, well, what are you afraid of? That's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of times when I when I feel fear, mm-hmm. um, it has a lot to do with how people perceive me. Mm. Um, there's a level of like, you know, my I, I think I shared this before, but my greatest fear I discovered honestly was embarrassment, which was, you know, I think has to do with so much of just how people take me in, mm. you know, and how they see me, and and there is that's where I would say a lot of my fears would mm-hmm. would come like relational fears yeah. would come from that space mm-hmm. um and uh it's not failure it's not like because i look at failure as just an opportunity to learn and grow so yeah. that doesn't even like honestly it doesn't really bother me did but, you think that it was for a while oh, yeah yeah you sure. thought failure and law like losing was your fear but it was yeah, actually yeah. embarrassing it was like if you could lose with dignity you'd be okay with that yeah well yeah well like, i started like thinking about it i was like actually it was never about losing like yeah. that the I got mad at losing right. <laughs> from competitiveness, yeah. but, but it's never about fear. It was, you know, it was really about embarrassment. I didn't know how I'm perceived, how I'm yeah. seen. Yeah. Um, that's where I think a lot of mine comes from, mm. uh, relationally. That could be as a parent, that can be as a husband, as a mm-hmm. friend, as a pastor. Um, I think that's where the start of mine for sure resides. Yeah. Like mostly I am not like, a like I'm not fearful of the world. I'm not fearful of like, I mean, when the pandemic hit, I wasn't mm-hmm. fearful of that stuff. I wasn't, fe- I just, I don't know. I'm not, that's yeah. not where I reside, yeah. but you know, on the embarrassment side, that, yeah. that's, that's where my place would be. Well, what about I, you? I wonder, oh God, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of being alone. Super afraid of loneliness. Um, super afraid of not being, maybe this goes into the like alienation thing, but 
I have a big fear. I don't know how else to put it. There's got to be a better, less like old school word, but like I'm afraid of madness. <laughs> like of of um, I'm afraid of like waking. Like, uh, did you ever see Beautiful Mind? Uh, yeah, a long time. Ago. Yeah, like, yeah. but you remember the thing was like the big reveal at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. Of like, I think everything is one way, and then one day I'm like, oh, John doesn't actually exist. <laughs> like, you know, like you flash to the end of the movie, and I'm sitting here in this room on a microphone talking to nobody, and like no one's telling me because they're just like, man, it's just weird. Just let him do it. Like, that's I have a big that's a big fear of mine. Yeah. Of like, um, I don't. Again, I don't know. There's got to be better medical words for it, but like insanity, madness. Like, sure. I'm crazy. Uh, and yeah. that I didn't know it. <laughs> um, and th- but that probably goes along with the alienation thing. Like yeah. it's really a fear of like something's wrong and no one's telling me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is about like even you saying like relationally, you kept saying relationally, which is fair. I don't know that fear really delineates. Like if you're afraid of sharks, what it does to your body when a shark is present is is just like a more extreme version of how you feel when you're embarrassed. Sure. Isn't that funny? Like, yeah, I, that's something that I'm constantly trying to explain to people with like the saber tooth tiger analogy that like you need to understand that your body is just reacting to your fear. It could literally be fear that you're going to be your dad. Your body is reacting as if there is a predator in the room. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe on a smaller scale. So it's harder to dictate because you're not like sweating and like, you know, but eventually you will. That's what a panic. A panic attack is literally your body just saying, OK, you're not listening there's danger and you got to get out of here. And yeah. so I'm going to like raise your heart rate, raise your, you know, like raise all your stuff so you can run or fight <laughs> or pass out, you know, like play dead. Um, and so it's like really interesting to me. And I wonder, I guess we could do all the other emotions and figure it out, but fear for sure, like in your body doesn't really delineate between relational, ideological, yeah, emotional. Yeah. I never really thought of it until you kept saying relational. I was like, is it different? And I was like, no, it's really kind of not. I, I think how our bodies experience it isn't different, but I think maybe the way we compartmentalize it 100%. is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, so like when I think about like my own like health, like in mind and body, mm-hmm. like I do have a, I guess you could label it as a fear. I don't know. Like as I'm getting older at 46, mm-hmm. I'm like, there is like a level of like, I want to continue to be healthy. I want to yeah. be like, I have a fear mm-hmm. now. I have a good manage on that. So mm-hmm. where I think it leads to wisdom, yeah. you know, um, but I do have a fear of like, of getting unhealthy, of my brain not being sharp, mm-hmm. uh, like all these things. And so I do, I pay attention to what I eat, yeah. what I exercise, how I exercise, like yeah. my supplements. Yep. Like I'm, I'm always like studying different supplements and things for mm-hmm. our brains and for our bodies yeah. and stuff. And, and I think that comes from a level of where I think I'm going to, I'm not obsessive where I'm like freaked out and yeah. anxious about it. Um, but I'm, but I am like trying to have like wisdom about what I'm doing with my body, mm-hmm. how I'm interacting with it, you know. Um, but that does come from a fear of like getting unhealthy. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing like reckoning with the old mortality. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have any like pet fears? Do you, uh, spiders, snakes? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I can't think of one that doesn't well, pop out at you. Well, actually, not of like animals or yeah. snakes. There, there are things I just don't like, yeah. obviously, but like, um, I'm getting more and more claustrophobic. Really? Yeah. Like increasingly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. As you get older. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have that. I never identify. I remember. There... Like in Israel, like with the tunnel thing. Oh, I was yeah. like, nah, man. That I'm was good. probably the first time in my life I was like, nope, I don't want to <laughs> be here like, anymore. Yeah. I just, like when they were describing certain parts of it and I probably would have been fine, but there was something about the idea of, I think I could have done it if it was, uh, the leader, mm-hmm. you know, in me. Hmm. 
But if I were like six people back and I had 12 people behind, I don't. That got, I, that was so, pretty nerve wracking. Did I, you bail? I never. You didn't do it. Oh, no, I just hung out. Oh, I didn't realize you went yeah, in there I, with us. It was, was like, that was like a level of like when people, there was a part of me that was like, I'm embarrassed. I'm not doing this. Oh, yeah. But I was like, I don't know. Claustrophobia, man. Not my thing. <laughs> just too much. I never used to be. And then um, I started experiencing it when I was traveling a lot. And like, what I can't seem to communicate to people is that I'm not afraid of the plane crashing. I just don't want to be in a Pringles can <laughs> with a bunch of strangers 40,000 feet above sea level or 30,000 feet above sea level where I'm not allowed to go to the bathroom whenever I want. Right. That really makes me anxious. And I didn't really realize it until I took a train the first time and I was like, this is also a little tube that I'm stuck in, but I can get up and like walk around if I want yeah. to. There's no there's no point on the train where I can't like take a walk, go to the snack cart, go to the bathroom and then I love sit a down. Good train ride. Oh man. I'm terror I don't sharks freak me out. Sharks scare me to the point where like the shark on Finding Nemo made my palms sweat. It's like a brain it's like a deep brain <laughs> reaction to sharks. And boy, I really don't like snakes. But it feels more yeah, like disgust so. than fear. Yeah. I'm not like afraid they're gonna hurt me. I just see them and I get the shivers. Sharks yeah. I'm legitimately terrified of. I might be forgetting I wish Lacey was in here. She might have a <laughs> I can't I just can't think of one like that that really it gets me yeah get you really there are plenty of things that i just don't like but sure um, it gets you like that fear response yeah um cool well any other thoughts no, i'm good all right well there's fear it's all of fear <laughs> solved it <laughs> we solved fear be wise and be faithful yeah if you have thoughts quips questions comments concerns um you can email them to stay curious at hillcityrva.com and rate and review us and share the episode so other people can get in on the conversation. And until next time, remember, as always, to stay curious. curious.